0: In Luke chapter 2, we'll be reading verses 21 through 38, which, as it turns out, is a a passage that relates to the story of Christmas in a peculiar way, but in a a shockingly historic way. And it's therefore a passage that is um, so often overlooked... I can't imagine you've heard very many sermons preached dealing with this text. Perhaps uh, once you get to verse 22 and following, you've heard passages preached, and especially as you look at the life of these holy people, Simeon and Anna, you maybe have heard those names, you've maybe heard kids named after them, and... Uh, you've heard of the hope with which they lived, but 21 uh, is a uh, peculiar verse, and um, but that's where we'll begin our reading this morning. When eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel." And for a sign which was, shall be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about eighty-four years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of Him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. You remember last week I had a uh, copy of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol up here with me, and I read just a uh, a paragraph from the, I think, next to last chapter. And it's the passage where Ebenezer Scrooge, he is with the ghost of Christmas yet to come, and he has been taken to the graveyard, and he sees the tombstone that bears his name, and the date of his birth, and the date of his death. And he cries out to the Spirit, is there any way, is there any way that we can wash away What is written on this stone. And he promised. He said. I will honor Christmas in my heart. And I will try to keep it all the year. This morning. I want to look at what it means. To keep this day. Throughout the year. It is still time to celebrate the holy days. The, The holy days are still Upon us, we have just now entered into Christmas Day, and you'll notice that we've just begun. You might be hearing the uh, uh, the voice of Karen Carpenter, as I do. We've only just begun. Advent kicks off the church's liturgical year, and then Christmas is but a day that begins a season of twelve days. And some of you have already read uh, on on Facebook and other. Uh, uh, avenues of media about these 12 days as I've been posting, um, these 12 days run us from Christmas Day up until Epiphany, January the 6th. But it's a a new beginning and it's interesting that it coincides with our new year because on New Year's Eve we gather together and we enjoy all sorts of festivities and merrymaking and we make resolutions to one another and we write up those resolutions and tuck them away in our you know, coat pocket or stick them in our Bible or post them up on the wall as Lindsay and I have done. And we make these resolutions, we enjoy our time together as we look back upon a year that is closing and as we look ahead to a year that is opening. We like beginnings. There's some sense of excitement in them. You know, you move to a new area, there's a new opportunity, a new chance, a new life ahead. These new years, we we think I can be a new me. I've got new opportunities. We can have a different future, a different life, so to speak. And our hearts long as the people of God for His kingdom to come. As Jesus came, He came proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. John, His forerunner, Proclaimed, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom is coming. The kingdom is here. And as the church, as we kick off another year celebrating the coming of our Lord, longing for His kingdom to come in its fullness, we long for His kingdom to come even now in our midst. We don't live as people of despair who say, You know what? The world's going to hell in a handbasket, and one day God will just wipe it all away. We pray and we long for God's kingdom to come among us. And so we live in the reality of His love. We live in the reality of His peace. And we live in the reality of God's life in our midst. That's why the church is supposed to be different. It is a kingdom people. It is a people of God who bear His name and who proclaim His good news to a world filled with darkness. And so we don't curse the darkness, we light a candle... We don't curse the darkness. We do what we can to shatter that darkness by a light that cannot be comprehended and cannot be extinguished by infinite darkness. So it's a, a time of new beginnings. It's a time of longings. It's a time wherein we've just celebrated Christmas Day. We've just exchanged gifts. Some of you are still saying, "I'm glad I got 12 days." We're already four into them. I've got that means I got two. Two thirds of the Christmas season left, and so those gifts that didn't get done, and those crafts that didn't get done, and those you know, art projects that are still waiting, and those neighbors whose doors were going to be knocked on because I was going to take them cookies, there's still time. Praise the Lord, there's still time. And then we come to a passage like this where we read of Jesus being circumcised, and we think, wait a minute. We should not fail to be shocked by the Word made flesh. Christmas is not just a time for family. Christmas is not just a time for love. Christmas is not just a time for joy and celebration. Christmas is God becoming a man. Christmas is the fulfillment of promise. It is the fulfillment of prophecy. God will always be faithful to His Word. God will never let a single promise go unanswered. God will never abandon His world. He will redeem it. He will redeem it His very own self... He will redeem it by stepping into it. Shocking as though that might be, God became man. Simeon and Hannah, they were living in a hopeful expectation that God would be faithful, that God would be true to His promises, that God would not let His Word pass away without it being fulfilled. Not just the Word spoken in prophecy, but the Word that God through His Spirit had spoken into the heart of Simeon. You will not see death until you see your redemption drawing near. Simeon, we are told, is filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is upon him. And the Spirit speaks to Simeon and tells him that this good news is about to be realized. And Simeon lives with a longing heart that his Messiah will be seen by his very own eyes. It reminds me kind of of Job, perhaps the first bit of the Old Testament ever written. It contains some of the oldest of all Hebrew language. And Job said, at la- I know my Redeemer lives and I know that at last, at the latter days, I will stand upon this earth and I will see the Lord with my own eyes. Simeon is waiting. The Spirit leads him on into the temple. And here comes this couple, Mary and Joseph, holding the Christ child. And Simeon cries out, Hallelujah. God is has been faithful. God has made sure to keep His promises. Anna stumbles in. One who's been waiting in the temple. Notice, fasting and praying night and day. For years upon years upon years. She's been a widow for 84 years. And she has been waiting in hope That God would make true to His promises. That God would fulfill His Word. Throughout the Advent season, we ended our services by singing that great Wesley hymn, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. And it's just a brief hymn with only two verses, but I'm reminded of those lines. Israel, strength and consolation, hope of all the earth Thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Simeon and Anna, they lived in the reality of this hopeful expectation, this longing for God to send His Messiah. And they typify the world waiting. Not just Israel waiting, but all of the world awaiting one who would put the world back to rights. One who would put back what has been torn apart, one who had turned back right what had been turned upside down. And you see, you sense that longing in everyone you meet. Religious or not, Christian or not, Bible-toting or not, you sense that longing for there's got to be something more to this. There's got to be some, somehow, some way that evil will finally end and be punished and that good and those who are humble will be exalted. And there's, there's that longing deep within the heart of humanity that something is terribly wrong and somehow, some way, it's got to be fixed. I remember... Um, I remember reading a, um, a a few articles about a popular television show, if you want to know which it is I, you can ask me later. Um, a popular television show that ended not not too long ago, and the director was uh, was talking about it, or the uh, the writer of the program, the creator of it, was talking about how the show was crafted but not because he believes in God, not because he 's a Christian or anything like that uh, you know, he, he mentioned, I, I would like to believe in heaven, but I have to believe in hell. There has to be punishment for evil. Atonement has to be made. And that's a longing of the heart of the world. That wrong has to be dealt with. That the world has to be put back together at some point. There's something terribly wrong. Simeon and Anna are waiting with this sense of longing, waiting with this sense of hopeful expectation that God would come, that He would restore the world, that He would redeem that which was broken, that He would redeem that which was lost. He fills the heart's longing. As St. Augustine said, O God, You have made us for Yourself and our hearts remain restless until they rest in You. So we find ourselves in life searching and longing, waiting, and hoping, wishing. Could it be? And we hear whispers all around. As you can imagine, paranoid Herod in Jerusalem hearing all the murmurings and whisperings that a Messiah... Time, is is, is, it ought to be approaching. Could it be? Could it be? We hear whispers all about us, sometimes in angry articles, sometimes in kind of mocking news posts, but we hear whispers all around us by cynics, by religious folks, there's something wrong with the world. And we long for the day where it will be made right. As we begin a new year, as we begin a new year as a church, as we begin a new year as a a nation, as we begin a new year as families and people, I have two desires for you and for me. And they relate to this idea of keeping the day throughout the year. And those two desires are quite simple. The first is, my desire is that you would long for Him. And by long for Him, I don't mean sit around and wish. I mean seek Him. You know, you could say, man, I'd I'd love to have a great job and make a lot of money and Man, I'd love to find a girlfriend. Maybe start a family one day. And realize that you've been having that longing for a long time. And that longing has never turned into actually seeking or looking or doing anything. It's just kind of been a wishful thought. My desire for you and my desire for myself and my family is that we would long for Him. That God would put within our hearts this sense of urgency, this sense of desire, this sense of hunger for God to come in our midst. Not just to knock us off of our feet and blow us away, but I want to see God doing something. Not for me, that would be nice, yeah. But I want to see God doing something through me, through us. In our neighborhoods, in our church, throughout our community. And I don't want to just sit around and wish that God would do something through somebody else who's got a, you know, a bigger pulpit or a, uh, you know, a nicer neighborhood or you know, a bigger school or anything like that. I want to see, God, what are you wanting to do through me? And through my family. What are you wanting to do through our church? I feel like each year. As we make our resolutions. And as we close out the old year. And welcome in the new year. We get caught up in this kind of. Self help motif of. Man I'm going to shed 20 pounds. And I need to. Man I'm going to. I have a the biggest beard I've ever had. Or man, I'm gonna I'm gonna finally break down and get myself a new car. I haven't ever gotten a brand new car, I'm gonna do that. Man, I'm gonna be the best me I can be. And we neglect the fact that perhaps a new year and a new beginning, a new start is even a better opportunity for God to do something through us, not just in us. Not just giving us the willpower and the the wherewithal to do something good for ourselves and make ourselves a better person. Maybe on our list of resolutions, we ought to have a little category that's something we want to see done for others through us. Lindsay made the announcement about the Chris Mons, and um, there are some flyers up on the, uh, the bulletin boards. You've been given, many of you, some handouts. If you didn't get one, that is either to be taken as an offense, that I didn't think you were a craftsy person, or it's to be taken very graciously and humbly, that I did not mean any offense. I was just doing my best. Uh, I didn't get them to all of you guys, but most of you have gotten them. If you didn't and you're interested and you're a craftsy type of person, please um, please get those or see Lindsay about them. But, you know, chrismons, we think, what in the world is a chrismon? You know, it sounds weird, it looks weird. We want a Christmas tree, not a chrismon tree. We want to hang up pictures of ourselves. We want to hang up, you know, little bright and shiny ornaments. That's, you can make them bright and shiny, but Mons is just a, it, a smash-together word for Christ monogram. And a monogram is an image or a picture, a symbol, a sign. I encourage you to, if you're at all craftsy, whether it's with wood or yarn or fabric or whatever, clay, get involved in that. But that, this idea of Christmon, this this idea of signs and symbols of Christ, ought to awaken in us the fact that we ought to see signs and symbols of Christ all around us. Anna was looking for signs. Simeon was looking for signs. The, the, the magi, the wise men, the, the three kings that we speak of from Orient, they were looking for signs. They had their eyes fixed upon the stars. They had their, their, their noses buried in the Scriptures. They had their, their feet and their hands in the temple praying and fasting. They were looking for For signs of Christ. And we ought to be looking throughout our days. For signs of Christ in our midst. We ought to start our days and end our days. Looking for Jesus. Longing for Him. Seeking Him. Sure it might be brief. You may think. Pastor, I don't have enough time in the morning. It's better for me to pray at night. It's better for me to spend time in the Word at night. That's perfectly fine, perfectly understandable. I get it. But at some point, early in our days, we ought to lift up even the most fleeting, the most feeble of prayers. Lord Jesus, help me to see You today and help me to be Your presence to someone else today. We ought to start and end our days looking for him, longing for him, seeking him. You might have noticed that you know our our bulletins our order of worship are structured in a kind of a an intentional way, but you 've kind of got some parallelism going on you know we we Begin with a call to worship and then we, we end with, with a song of response, or that song of devotion. So we're being invited to come in and worship, but then we're also, before the very end, we're being invited to respond to God, to, to, to answer Him. We begin with an invocation, inviting God's blessing upon us as we gather as His people. And we end with a benediction. That God's blessing would be upon us as we go from here. That God was would send us out as His people. You, We've got Scripture laced throughout the service. You might have noticed we've got an Old Testament reading, a Psalm reading, we've got a New Testament epistle reading, and we've got a Gospel reading in there. It, during, uh, on Christmas Day and during Advent, we didn't have all four of those, but we're back at it. You know, we've, we've, we've got... Our time of worship together. It's not just a time where we come in and get charged up. And let's sing and sing and sing. Alright let's go get them. It's a time that is. Structured in such a way to invite us on in. To strengthen us. And to send us on out. Our days. Ought to be structured. Our days ought to have. Bookends. Lord. Be with me and use me this day. And Lord, thank you for your blessings on me this day. Thank you for how you were with me and how you used me. Brief though it may be. My prayer for us is that we would seek Him, that we would long For him, that we would hunger for him. Paul said we ought to pray without ceasing. Once he said we ought to pray without ceasing, and twice he said, I pray for you without ceasing. We ought to long for him. If we want to honor Christmas in our hearts and keep it all the year, if we want to keep this day throughout the year that is to come, we must long for him. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, my, fa- my prayer for our family, for our church. So we would not just long for Him, but that we would find Him. Just as Anna stumbles in, just as Simeon is led back to the temple, and they find the Christ child, they find this precious Redeemer, and they cry out with joy, My prayer is that we would stumble upon him. Paul said that to the um, Athenians as he was philosophizing with the philosophers of Athens. He said, God is but just a breath away from you and he's there just so that you would reach out and take hold of him. He's not far. I don't know that Simeon or Anna woke up that morning and thought, today's going to be the day. Maybe they thought, man, I'm hungry. I've been fasting, Anna. I'm tired. I'm aching. I'm old. worn out. My prayer for us is that we would long for Him and that we would find Him. You know, we'll find Him. We will find Him. In the longing and in the love, the lives of others. Anna went out and started telling everyone that was at all interested that the Messiah had come. There are an awful lot of people that live among us, that live beside us, that work next to us, who. Drive in front of us and aggravate us. There are a lot of people who are longing for something to make sense of life, for something to put life back together. We've got a lot of people who are longing for compassion and mercy. Will they find it in us? We've got a lot of people who are longing for a chance or an opportunity. Perhaps we ought to be their chance. We ought to be their opportunity. And probably even more than any of that, we've got a lot of people and are surrounded by a lot of people who are longing for a friend, for a listening ear. And God brings these people into our lives. God places us in the lives of others, not just to... Be an encouragement not just to be a smiling face, but to be means of his grace toward others. To find him in the longing, to find him in the lives of others. Samuel said, or Simeon said, Christ is a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of God's people Israel. The Gentiles and Israel, as Simeon was singing his song of praise, are bound together for Christ came as a Redeemer for the whole world. He came to redeem all, not just us Methodists came to redeem us. Not just those of us who have been faithful to Him, but He comes to redeem the world. And the world is filled with people who are longing, people who are waiting. Maybe not longing as much as us, maybe not waiting quite properly, but people whose hearts are saying there's something terribly wrong. Certainly, somehow, Things have to be made right. It was Jesus himself who said, What you do unto the least of these brothers of mine, you do unto me. And he spoke of those who were imprisoned, he spoke of those who were without clothing, he spoke of those who were without food or water or shelter. He spoke of those who quite simply were hurting and longing. Longing for compassion and mercy. Longing for a chance and opportunity. Longing for a friend and a listening ear. Christ came in the flesh so that we as people of flesh Could live as his people. We so often hear, I saw so many Facebook status updates uh, alluding to this. Irenaeus and so many of the other church fathers in the early church said, You know, he became like us so that we could become like him. And that so often becomes such a historic, as it were, cliche. But he became like us so that we could become like him so much so that He wants us to live like He lives. He wants us to love like He loves. He wants us to not just celebrate a day, not just to do our best to keep the joy of Merry Christmas in our hearts for a little bit longer this year, but He wants us to keep this day throughout the year by looking for Him, longing for Him, by finding Him in the lives of others. God wants to show mercy and compassion to someone else through you and through me. He wants to give someone a friend. He wants to lend someone a listening ear. He wants someone to have a chance and an opportunity through us. We say Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We smash them together. and Christmas really is about a new start, a new beginning. A new head of the human race. A new creation. As Christ came to redeem the world, we are sent out into the world to proclaim the good news of redemption. May we be found faithful. Let's pray.